Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of What Are You Talking About? Today I'm joined by Justin Kotler, who is one of the best coaches in the sport of CrossFit. As founder of Underdogs Athletics, he has coached hundreds of athletes over the years and been by their side as they've achieved incredible things, including podium places at the CrossFit Games. We chat about how he became the coach he is today, similarities between the sport and music business, coaching top athletes, and of course, preparing for the 2023 Rogue Invitational. As always, don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to let us know what you think and support the show. Enjoy! Justin, thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm very jealous that you're sat outside. How are things? Good. Everything is good. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Um, I can imagine it's probably a busy time of year for you guys at the moment. I feel like you probably don't have that much downtime. Um, you're leading up, we'll talk about it more in a little bit, but leading up to Rogue Invitational, which is happening very, very soon. It's come around very quick. How's it all going? How's prep going? Yeah, I, it's going pretty well. Um, you're right, though. It's interesting. I, you know, you, there's really like no defined off season. Um, so things just pretty much roll into the other, you know, I mean, I think right after the games, you know, there's a couple of weeks uh, of downtime. Uh, but besides that, it's, it's usually pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, we're getting ready for rogue right now. We have a lot of underdogs athletes uh, competing, you know, we have great representation there. Uh, with with you know Alex and Ricky and and Bailey Martin and and Kyra Milligan, so uh, you know we're super excited to have four athletes competing. Uh, you know I personally coach uh, Ricky and and Alex, so obviously you know busy preparing the two of them. Alex and I leave, uh, I believe we leave a week from today to head down to Texas, so that's exciting. Ricky gets in um, this weekend uh, to he's going straight from Australia to. Uh, we tried to get him here early, but you know, his, he's funny. Uh, his, his, uh, his girlfriend, Michelle wasn't able to travel here early. So he was like, I don't want to travel without Michelle. So, uh, so they went straight to, to Texas. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is a busy time of year. And I, I think for, for most people, we, you know, this is kind of known as like qualifier season. So everyone's doing qualifiers for, for, you know, the various competitions, obviously right now, Wadapalooza is going on and we have several athletes competing in a, in, in a team, you know, qualifier. We had several that did the individual qualifier. Uh, so yeah, there's not a lot of downtime. Um, and, uh, but I'm excited. I, I, you know, my favorite part of this is, is coaching in person at competitions and, you know, so, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to get back out there for Rogue and, and uh, Rogue is always a, a very prestigious competition. It's, a, it's a great, what I, I like to call it an exhibition. Um, you know, you, you go down there, it's big, well, just the time of year, right? Like there's a lot of people coming off the games. Uh, you, you aren't, you know, not, I would say people aren't generally peaking for Rogue. Uh, you know, so you're going down there, just just having some fun, and and you know, it, it's always interesting programming, a little bit different than what we see anywhere else, uh, and and so you know, I'm I'm just excited to 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 get down there and have some fun, and and you know, kind of see what the athletes are, you know, have have to uh, be able to conquer. So it should be exciting. It is. I it's one of probably obviously apart from the games, probably my favorite to watch as a spectator. It's just, you never know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. And as you say, yeah, it is a very exhibition like, cause everyone is there, you know, obviously 15 people go from the games. So, you know, it's going to be good. And um, I, I will touch on it a little bit in a little, 
a little bit more later in the episode um, because I want to know kind of the lead up to it. But I want to sure. ask you a question that I, I ask everyone. Um, sure. how, did, how did you find CrossFit? Yeah, uh, so long time ago now. It's crazy <laughs> to think about. But um, yeah, in 2007, um, I was, uh, so prior to CrossFit, I was a full-time recording artist. I was, uh, I was a, a, a singer, a, you know, an R&B soul singer and, uh, you know, had a, had a record deal and, and did music full-time for, for 10 years. Uh, and towards the end of, of that phase around 2007, um, just a very volatile time in my life uh you know the music industry is is a challenge uh and can you know there's not a lot of um i would say that it creates a lot of dysfunction and and in in some cases uh and in my case <clears throat> i think it was a very destructive time in in my life and uh you know simply because of of i think just the stress and the roller coaster ride of being an artist which you know, is I, I think pretty normal, you know, for, for that industry. Uh, and, but I had always been very athletic and into sports. I played sports in college, uh, you know, as a little kid, it was always kind of sports and music for me, you know, growing up. And um, there was a buddy of mine at the, at the time I lived in New York city. Uh, and it was a buddy of mine. who was an actor and we used to train together and he got, into uh, a, a functional fitness kick and, and we started doing uh, you know a lot of dot-com workouts and and the workouts also from a, from another site called Jim Jones which at the time was the 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 um, the gym or the I should say the methodology that that uh, prepared all the guys for the movie 300 uh, so 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 we were doing that stuff uh, and I had also at that time, I was trying to recover. I, I, I'd been pretty sick. Uh, I have ulcerative colitis, which is, you know, if, if you if you know what's going on with Alexis Raptus right now, she it, it's the reason she pulled out of Rogue. Well, I was diagnosed with that when I was 17 years old and, uh, you know, have been living with it since then. And, and at the time, it was very active and I would have several flares during the year. And I had just come off of having a terrible flare up. I had lost 40 pounds in about three weeks and had been in the hospital, et cetera, uh, towards the end of 2007. So I was needing to build my body back up and, and, and wanting to really, uh, dedicate myself to living a, a healthier life and a, he a healthier existence, you know, both physically and mentally. And, uh, so, you know, he and I both started training in, in the CrossFit methodology. I started training myself and then we just started kind of recruiting people, um, you know, in, in the Globo gym that we were at, because uh, at the time it was very new uh, and and not extremely accepted. It was more underground at the time. And and so we we started to uh, to, to train people and, and we started to see the effect that it had on on, you know, on ourselves and on the people that we were training. So. From there, you know, that everybody kind of says that you, you, you catch the, the, you got bitten by the CrossFit bug. Well, that was the time. And, and then I, I also, you know, was kind of transitioning out of being full-time, um, you know, out of being a full-time recording artist. So uh, I, I started doing more and more fitness coaching. I started competing a little bit. And uh, by 2010, um, you know, I, I went out on my own and, and opened up my own, you know, little, uh, little gym called dynamics gym. It was about, I don't know, maybe like 
750 square feet, really small. We did some small group classes and, and personal training, but it was all in the, in the, you know, functional fitness vein and, and, and specifically in CrossFit methodology. And I just started, you know, getting this certification and that certification and, and, you know, and, um, in, in the area that we were in, you know, we were the only ones at the time. And, uh, you know, I had made a decision being a competitive, you know, coming from a competitive background that I, I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to obviously spread the methodology, but that I also wanted to coach competitive athletes. And so, um, you know, we started to get a, a migration of, of athletes coming to our gym um, and uh, started to build a reputation very, very early. And, and by, uh, you know, 2011, 2012, you know, we were coaching games athletes. The first games athlete I coached was in 2010, but we started to get consistent games athletes, you know, by 11 and 12. And, um, and yeah, so since then it's, it's been, you know, uh, obviously, you know, it's been a labor of love. It's, it's something that I, I love to do. You know, I've been able to coach at an extremely high level for, you know, 13, 14 years, uh, you know, several games athletes. I coached in the grid league here and in, in, in the U S uh, which was, which was so much fun back in 2014 through 2016, which, you know, the, the athletes were just unbelievable. Uh, so I've, I've been, I've been very lucky, um, you know, to coach, to coach some unbelievable people, some unbelievable athletes and, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's, you know, been what, 16, 17 years since, since the beginning, you know, uh, it's, it's crazy to think of <laughs> lots happened since then yeah. marriage, kids, you know, <laughs> different gyms, a pandemic, yeah. there's lots of things. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. it's, it's so nice because I know obviously like your wife coaches alongside you and she's a massive part of it as well. And yeah, I, I want to quickly dip back because my, my other body is music as well I don't sing but I my other podcast and my other media you know experience is music and there are certain times I see similarities in people and musicians do you do you find any similarities between like your career as a musician and your career as like a coach and a crossfitter massively uh you know for one I I think you know being comfortable I always like to say that you know my like my music career that was one stage and my coaching career is another stage um you know i feel very comfortable in front of people i feel very comfortable in public i feel very comfortable you know speaking uh on camera i you know those are all things that come i think from from the repetition of of being in the limelight um but beyond that i think it's how you affect people i think that your ability to be able to change people's lives you know through music obviously you know great art can can take people away and and make them feel um and i i think you can change people's lives through fitness as well you know and i and i think you know that that basically was our motto when we opened up our affiliate was you know change your fitness change your life and and i i think we've been able to affect a great number of people uh you know, it, first for me, it was through music and now it's, it's through fitness. Uh, but yeah, I think there are a lot of parallels, a lot of similarities. Um, you know, I think both of them, uh, you know, appeal to my competitive nature as well. Um, you know, in, in general, uh, and I also think that, that I love a challenge and, and, and obviously, you know, the music industry was a, a great challenge and, and, and fitness as well. And, and it's also, 
it's also a very interesting life. Um, you'd be able to, I, I was able to travel all over the world and, 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 and gig and, and do shows and, you know, do pretty amazing things there. And, and I'm now able to do that with fitness as well. Uh, I'm just not a nine to five guy, um, you know, and, and so I think it lends itself well to my personality. Uh, and uh, yeah, so a lot of parallels for sure. But I think that the most important one is, is being able to affect people and, and help people. Yeah. Funnily enough, I was having this conversation with someone the other day that actually coaches are almost performers in some ways. Um, particularly, I think when you're coaching probably the caliber of athletes that, that you have to gain that kind of attention and that gauge from the, from a room is so hard. So having that music background and just being comfortable in that presence must be really helpful. Yeah, without question. I, I think, so I think there's a difference between, you know, because obviously in the CrossFit community, there's a lot of talk about, you know, programming and then a lot of talk about coaching. There's a very, it's a very different distinction. Uh, I think there are a lot of really good programmers that aren't necessarily great coaches uh, and vice versa. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you have to be understanding and adept at both uh, to, to coach, you know, kind of the elite. Uh, you have to understand what to do in both cases. Um, but there are a lot of very good programmers who don't feel comfortable in, in the limelight and, and feel comfortable out front. Uh, and I think there are a lot of coaches that don't love to sit behind a computer and program. Uh, and I think honestly, just, you know, being, being transparent, you know, as I, kind of grow and move on in my career. Um, uh, you know, I, I love, I love the, the, the game day coaching, the in the gym coaching, you know, the, the in-person coaching so much more than, than, than the programming side of things. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, the, the preparatory phase is so important. So you have to be extremely knowledgeable about that. Um, you know, but yeah, without question, uh, I, I think being able to, feel comfortable uh you know being able to convey what it is that you need to in very high stressful situations especially like the games you know being able to know what to say to the to and, and can't treat each one of your athletes the same everybody is different you know yeah. what you say to one athlete might break another one right what builds one up might break another one it just depends on their personalities you have to be able to be a chameleon in a sense as a coach and really understand um there's a lot of psychology involved as well uh, so, so yeah, I think, uh, it's fun, man. I, I love it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very cool profession. Um, and you know, I feel like, I feel like I've been uh, very blessed, you know, to, 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 to get to this level and be able to coach the, the caliber of athletes that I am at this point. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's funny, like saying like you opened in 2010 back, like training camps now, uh, I talked about a lot you know often with games athletes or, or whomever you know you'll you'll know a lot of their training camps but back then it wasn't really a thing no. like people had affiliates but they didn't have training camps how for you has it has it changed within the I mean I'm assuming it's obviously changed a lot as the sport's grown but from when you started up to now how's it changed yeah, I, I think everyone, you know, like you said, everyone last back then was associated with an affiliate. Uh, and there are still some, obviously, you know, you think of Invictus, you know, Invictus was around. It was uh, it was Osset Dynamics. It was CrossFit New England. You know, there were some juggernauts that were still, you know, uh, 
but it's but it's very different now uh you know i think that, that the camps are are kind of going more of the way of professional teams uh you know like like in formula one or uh you know in uh uh not quite obviously to the level of nfl or nba or something like that you know or or you know uh in, in, in soccer or football as, as you guys would call it um you know it, it, but but i think that that's the way it's going to go um i think that's what we're going to see i think in the future that you're going to see that the the camps and i'm, I'm talking you know five years 10 years 15 20 years down the line uh, they will probably they will probably employ athletes. Um, athletes will get paid a salary. Uh, you know, everything will. I, I I think it will be interesting to see because I think the model of the season is ultimately going to change. Where you're going to see more competitions and people um, competing under not not just as individuals, but but similar to Formula One, where they're competing for Team mm -hmm. Red Bull or Team yeah. This. You know, and I. And and I think that that's eventually for the growth of the sport. I think that'll be great. Um, and I I do think that as we as we grow, that you're probably going to see a little bit more separation between um, the methodology and the sport side. And and not to say necessarily that uh, you know uh, I still think the methodology is the is the best way to prepare yourself for the sport side. I just think that there are going to be more and more professional athletes who are less and less involved in the affiliate side. And, and I just think that's natural. You look at sports in general, um, you know, there's nothing like CrossFit in that yeah. sense, right? Like you can't in the NBA or, or, or the NFL or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, premier league, et cetera. It's not like there's the open where yeah. everyone is competing and doing, and then you're going and it, no, you know, and, and so I'm curious to see how that, you know how that can, can continues to grow and kind of transpire but um but yeah I, I i think you know i don't think the camps are going anywhere if anything i think you're going to start to see you know more and more um and and they'll become more and more powerful uh and and you know i think athletes i i think that that it will lend itself more to uh the growth of the sport in, with, with that model yeah i agree and i think um Dave Castro put something out a few weeks ago, just like a, oh, we should do a comp with like all the training camps against each other. And I was like, that would be epic. Like, even if it was just fun, I actually think you'd probably get more competitive <laughs> people doing that because they're representing someone. Um, would you would you like to see that? Yeah, without question. I, I It's something that we've been talking about, you know, kind of behind the scenes a little bit for a while, um, you know, and I, and I think... Uh, I think that that it would be extremely exciting for for spectators and fans. Uh, I think the idea of you know taking you know your your kind of picking four of your athletes and being able to go and and there being like a two day individual or two day team competition, uh, you know, with prizes for the individuals but also prizes for the camps. You know, very similar to like uh, you know I keep I keep referring to Formula One, but I could see that happening very easily, honestly. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the potential is there for for something incredibly cool. Uh, I'm sure there are people a lot smarter than me that that'll be able to figure out the minutia of it. Um, but I, you know, I've been lucky enough to be on a lot of the, you know, the, the calls with the PFAA, and I, I've been in some of these meetings and and been able to kind of hear some of these ideas behind the scenes. And there's a lot of good ones being being thrown around. 
Uh, and I think you will see over the next few years uh, some changes in the in the season. I think you'll see some moves to try to grow the sport uh, and really try to make this, uh, you know, really try to take this from something that's a niche sport to to you know a, a you know becoming something on a wider scale mm-hmm. uh, and a bigger scale. Uh, and I and I think a lot of that just has to do with how we present it to the public. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the storytelling behind it and, and really getting media involved. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think CrossFit itself lends itself to to a to a you know drive to survive type you know reality series, or you know or or, or Ultimate Fighter like we've seen in UFC. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot. These are modern day superheroes, really. You know, the things that they do and. And I think uh, I think there's an opportunity there for for us to uh, you know become a lot bigger on a, on a worldwide scale, and I and I hope that uh, the powers that be are are willing and open minded to doing that because you know I think everyone wants to see these athletes be able to be athletes and mm-hmm. and make a living and not have to have two to three jobs while trying to train for the CrossFit Games or or any of the major competitions. This is a really hard sport. You know, it takes an unbelievable, unbelievable amount of preparation. Uh, and right now, for the majority of of the athletes, you know, it's it's not something that you can do uh, solely. You know, you have to do other things to be able to make ends meet. Uh, and that and that also includes coaches as well. So I'm hoping in, in the future that it's it's something that, uh, you know, continues to grow and and uh, and and everyone can can benefit from it. I think it will. And I, I I mean, a reality CrossFit show. I know you spoke about that on Talking Elite Fitness. I'd 100% watch that. That sounds great. Um, One of the things I find, and it's funny, the more I talk about it, the more kind of crazy it seems is, for example, like in comparison to other sports, we would never walk into, you know, an NFL stadium and be able to train alongside, you know, Tom Brady or whomever. Right. Doing CrossFit. and. As a as a coach and as someone who within your gym every day you have people who are full athletes they are training for things like the games how do you deal or separate that how do how does that work for you um, and I suppose what are, what kind of frustrations come with it if any well I really know frustrations you know um, when when we moved from New York to Las Vegas during the pandemic. Um, you know, we, I, my affiliate at the time in New York had been shut down, obviously, because of the pandemic. And, um, you know, we moved out here as a family and, and Carrie came with us, uh, you know, Carrie Pierce. And, uh, and, and then we, you know, when we, we started underdogs out here, um, you know, what we decided to do was really just create, um, you know, that the, the, the fitness brand, you know, the, the athlete camp. Uh, so currently we don't have an affiliate out here. Um, and, but, but where we train at Camp Rhino uh, is a, is a wonderful affiliate. You know, we, we rent space there uh, under, that's where underdogs headquarters is. And we have an incredible relationship with the community there. We have a great relationship, you know, with the owners and we don't really ever have, you know, there's not a lot of frustration. I mean, you know, the, we see that we see the members they're you know we, they they kind of taken us you know in as family and and you know they they understand that you know that's where underdogs is and and um you know several of our athletes coach there and and you know so so it's a very symbiotic relationship 
Um, you know, I think what's the amazing thing about the CrossFit community is because they train alongside of the athletes or because they understand, uh, you know, the, the suffering of doing the workouts together, uh, there's a lot of respect there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and other than sometimes getting drop-ins where people want to take pictures or, you know, um, you know, want, want an autograph or whatnot, um, there's, there's, you know, I think it's awesome. You know, I think it's amazing to be able to have the community uh, be so involved, you know, in the sports side. Um, you know, that being said, I do think for the future that there are, you know, for us to be able to grow the sport, um, there there are some some definitive changes that, that need to happen to the season. Uh, you know, there needs to be a definitive season with a with a, you know, a definitive off season. So these athletes get some time to rest. I'd love to see a lot of the off season comps worked into the season. Um, the way that, you know, you look at like the, the golf tour or the tennis tour where all those big competitions happen during the season. Yeah. Um, it's hard when you have the CrossFit games and all of a sudden you've got rogue and Dubai and, and Wadapalooza out of season. It's, you know, it's tough for the athletes to, to really know like, Oh, do I take time off here? Do I train? Do I, you know, try to make money? So there's a lot of things that continue to, to need to be worked out. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, as far as the community is concerned, I, I think it's one of the amazing things, you know, ab- about CrossFit and, and I, you know, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think it's, it's why people love, you know, watching and going and, and, and being immersed, uh, you know, because you can, you know, you, you come to Camp Rhino and you're right there squatting next to Alex Kazan, right? Like she's, and she's just a, a person, right? Yeah. I mean, she really is. Uh, and, and she'll, she's the sweetest thing in the world, you know, and, and she's not going to treat you any differently than she treats mm-hmm. anybody else just because she happens to be the, you know, fifth ranked female in the world. Um, so I, I still think there's an incredible amount of humility, um, you know, that w- with our athletes. And I think a lot of that just also comes from, you know, it's a very young sport. Yeah. Um, you know, they haven't reached the heights of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the uh, Ronaldo's uh, or the Tom Brady's, as you said. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's still, uh, we're, we're still pretty young. Yeah. Are you stuck at a plateau and without a recent PB? Mergs has you covered. Bringing you the highest performance CrossFit and weightlifting equipment on the market, Mergs is your secret weapon to set a new best. Whether that's knee sleeves, grips or tape, Mergs has everything you need to stay protected and performing. Head over to mergs.com now and save 15% on all orders with the code WAD15. Yeah. And it's interesting, it's something I personally find is that because it's a smaller sport and because you can go and train in next to these athletes, I think you feel more invested in them and invested in their career. Obviously, like with Alex, for example, it's only her second year at the Games. We have no idea what's to come for her. But because you can see that and you are close to it, you feel more invested in these individual athletes as well, which I think is incredible. Um, Yeah. I want to touch on the Games this year a little bit because you had sure. such an incredible weekend. Um, I think you have two podiums, uh, obviously Alex, most improved over underdogs, um, and a lot of top 10 finishes. What, obviously you have a coach's hat on that weekend, but how how do you find that weekend? Is the stress level up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's 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 pretty heavy. 
um, incredibly rewarding, obviously. And, and like you said, yeah, we had an, an, an amazing amount of success. Obviously, uh, you know, Alex was, was incredible. Uh, you know, we had a rookie there, Bailey Martin, who did unbelievably well. Uh, I was obviously very proud of how Braun did, you know, in, in, in his, you know, first time at the games in several years. Uh, you know, we had a, a master's athlete who podiumed. We had an adaptive athlete who was CrossFit Games champion. Uh, you know, we, we were represented incredibly well in so many different divisions. Uh, you know, obviously it breaks my heart. Ricky wasn't able, wasn't able to compete because I really do believe that Ricky, uh, would have been pushing to win this year. You know, I think he was in unbelievable form and, and the programming that came out was, was obviously great for him. Uh, so that was, that was a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but yeah, that week for me is almost a blur, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's stressful. There's not a lot of sleep. Um, you know, there's a lot of coffee, uh, and, and, and ultimately, you know, you're just trying to, as a coach, you're trying to put your athletes in the best position to succeed. You, you know, the work has been done, you know, they, that old saying, Hey, is in the barn, you know, that the, the, they've, they prepared and, uh, you know, but there are specific times during the weekend, pivotal moments, I think as a coach where, the ebbs and flows of the games are, are, are immense, you know, like, you know, Alex started out, you know, and, and you see, you know, she finishes 18th and then sixth and then 18th and then, you know, second or third, but even like a workout, like Alpaca where she's winning and then her shoes fall off. And she, after the event, you know, she comes in third, but it feels like you just came in last, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be able to, to get people mentally and physically ready for the, you know, to, and, and try to limit the highs and lows the best that you can. Um, especially for a young athlete who's only, you know, like Alex who's 22, you know, there's, there's, it's so easy to get in your own head about things. Um, so yeah, you know, you're, you're really, you're really trying to, to make sure that you uh, are strong for them and, and that you don't show the nerves and that, you know, you're saying the right things. And even if you're, you know, pissed off about a way, the way that, you know, an event went or whatever, you're, you, you've got to be able to, you know, snap right back into it and get ready for the next one and get them ready for the next one, not have them dwell on negatives. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting week. Um, you know, and, and then obviously just the, just the schedule itself. Right. Uh, we also had a team there. So, you know, you're, you're running between individual events and team events and, you know, I'm very lucky. I have an, an incredible coaches that, that work alongside with me, uh, you know, and we had several of them there, you know, who were, who had specific jobs and were working with specific athletes and, and, you know, we're helping out and we've got a great media team. And so, you know, that, that obviously helps to have great people around you. Uh, and then like you talked about earlier, you know, I mean, ultimately you know, none of this happens without my wife. I mean, she's, does most of it behind the scenes, but you know, she, she kind of, you know, is, is the engine behind things, you know, behind the scenes with things. Uh, so it, it's all, it all kind of, you know, if we didn't have those people in those places and, and great people, it, it wouldn't work. Uh, but, but yeah, it is, it's a very stressful weekend. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think semis and the games are, are the two most stressful weekends of, of, of the year. Um, you know,
know, one semifinals just because it means so much, you know, that, that getting to the games, obviously, uh, and then at the games, you know, depending on, on obviously what people's expectations are uh, mm-hmm. and what their goals are, you know, the, the, it's that one shot, right? Like in, in tennis, you've got four grand slams. In golf, you've got four grand slams. You know, Formula One, you've got essentially a grand slam every week, mm-hmm. you know, you know, in, in this, in CrossFit, it, it's, it's one shot, man. You know, you, you've got this one weekend that kind of defines your whole season, which is crazy, but, but, but it is, you know, and, and uh, you, you can go and you could win semifinals and then you go to the games and, and people build you up and all of a sudden you come in 25th and it's like, what happened? You know, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with this person? What do they do? And people have no idea what's going on. You could be sick. You know, you could have, you could have hurt yourself and you just haven't, you know, divulged the information. There's so many things going on that people don't know about. Um, and, and so, you know, it is, it's this just heightened stressful weekend. It's, it's, it's hard and it's hard, obviously number one on the athletes, but yeah, it's, it's hard on the coaches too, for sure. I can only imagine. And dare I ask, because you mentioned it, I wasn't going to bring it up. What went through your head when Alex lost her shoe? Oh my God, I was losing <laughs> my mind. So I, uh, the, I generally, after, you know, helping the athletes warm up, um, it's very rare that I'll go out and actually watch in person because it's just my nerves. So I, I kind of stand back and, and watch it on the, on the feed. Uh, so I was in, I was in the warm up area at North park and I was watching it on the feed. And in my mind, prior to the workout, I had kind of, I had already put that workout down as a win. I thought we were going to win that workout. I, I, she's the best ro- legless rope climber in the world. Uh, we, we had a feeling that workout was coming. We had prepared for it. I put her on a, a kettlebell clean and jerk cycle. So she was really confident and comfortable with the kettlebell clean and jerks. And she was in a position to win. She was in first, you know, going into that final sled push. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to uh, be able to predict equipment catastrophes. Uh, I know she was not comfortable with those shoes going out there. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happened kind of behind the scenes going back and forth with Reebok saying, Hey, I want to wear these. Them saying, well, you're not allowed to wear those, you know? Uh, So she ultimately had to wear a pair of shoes she didn't like uh, and really had trouble with her footing right from the beginning. And I think the sled took a lot more out of her than we had anticipated. Um, I think at that moment as a coach, it's, it's that feeling of helplessness where you're just like watching it unfold and you really are just like, what is going on? Why are you now taking your shoes off and your socks and your this and that? And I think that was a lot of inexperience that showed, you know, like the rules are you can't have your shoes off, you know? So when she lost her shoes, she should have tried to put that shoe back on. Um, but, you know, there were a few moments during the games that, that, you know, were, Hey, listen, this is someone who hasn't had a lot of competition experience. You know, it happened in the final event as well, you know, where she was dropping the bar in, in places where you had to then move the bar back, you know, for lunges where it was like, what are you doing? You know, these are, and I, I think a lot of that just comes with stress and, and not paying attention. And that will, that will correct itself you know, the more experienced and, and the more competitions that she does. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was a very, 
what I like to say, it, it was one of those moments uh, that I think you can say that will never happen again. Um, and, and also it was one of those moments that I thought was, um, it was cool because she, you know, she had to regroup, you know, um, I think she felt after that workout, one, she was destroyed from what the sled did to her. Uh, but two, emotionally, it was a workout where she was like, I'm going to win my first event at the CrossFit Games. And now it's it's turned into, you know, not only did I not come in first or second, I came in third, but it feels like a loss, you know. Uh, and, and normally at the, a third at the Games, you feel pretty damn good about. Yeah. Uh, but but that was one of those where, you know, she she didn't she didn't feel good about it, you know, and, and she had to regroup and and came back and came in second in the next event, which was huge because it wasn't a wheelhouse event. You know, the next event was an event that, you know, I mean, I've talked about it, you know, in warmups, I could see she was terrified of that event. She didn't want any part of the next event, which was that sandbag ski yeah. event, sandbag squat ski event. I went out there and, and, and came in second, you know, and, and, uh, and then went out, you know, and, and, you know, uh, later at Helena and came in eighth and, you know, really had the best day of anyone at the game that day with a, with a second, you know, a third, a second and an eighth and, and then, you know, propelled herself in the top five and then was able to stay in the top five the rest of the weekend. So, um, yeah, it, that, but, but that's part of the games. Those are those highs and lows yeah. I talk about, you know, and if you can't handle it, you know, you're, you're, you're going to end up, you just seeing yourself fall down the leaderboard and, you know, and then you're going to wonder what the hell happened. You know, I think that there are several cases that we can look at from this past season where we're like, what happened to that athlete? Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. and um, it's, it's, uh, and we see that every year, you know, and, and it's tough when the momentum starts to go the opposite direction of the games, it's very hard to get it back. We mm -hmm. saw it the year before with Ricky, you know, Ricky was dominating and then he had that one event with the handstand push-ups where all of a sudden there was you know this kind of chink in the armor and then it, it just he never could get back that that energy you know um and uh and i was so proud of alex that she was able to persevere after an extremely stressful situation obviously yeah oh i can only imagine and it's interesting because i was gonna ask you this and you've kind of answered my question but it's interesting that you don't go out on the field because i would like did you have to separate yourself? Would you just, would you want to run on the field if you were there? Yeah. I mean, I think one, it's tough because the, you know, that the, the, the spots that they give the coaches to watch are not the best, you know, are not, we, we don't have a, a great view, um, you know, uh, but, but yeah, a lot of it's just nerves for me, like going out there and watching it, it's, it, I, I like to kind of be by myself. Uh, you know, uh, because if I'm happy or super frustrated, I, I can, I can, you know, I can kind of mutter to myself <laughs> and people won't hear me losing my shit. Um, so, so yeah, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's stressful. And, and the older I get, the, the, the harder it gets, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find it stressful watching and I have nothing to do with it. So I can only imagine. Um, so yeah. I know we, we touched on it at the beginning of the episode, but Rogue is obviously right around the corner. Um, you mentioned Ricky then. He is coming back. He's competing at Rogue. I can imagine you're very excited. Am I correct in thinking you didn't want him to compete in Rogue? Yeah, I, I initially, uh, I didn't think it was a great idea. Um, you know, he and I 
talked about it. And, you know, Ricky's funny because Ricky will listen, but then Ricky will do what Ricky wants to do. And, you know, you just eventually kind of, you know, you just kind of have to accept it. Um, And when the qualifiers came out, that's when I was really like, nope, we're not doing it. You know, uh, I know you're feeling very fit, but, you know, the two movements we haven't, that we're nowhere near close to 100% strength are max snatch and, 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 and overhead squat. And those were two of the movements in the qualifier. But, yeah, there's something about, there's just certain people who, you know, when the lights go on and it's three, two, one, go, and they're able to just pull these superhuman performances out of themselves, you know, and Ricky's one of them, you know, and, and uh, to, to not just qualify, but to win the qualifier, uh, you know, against, I mean, if you look at that qualifier, I mean, it's a games field, you know, I mean, it's crazy, the names in the qualifier. Uh, and for a guy who did that with probably, you know, his shoulder at about 70%, 75% at the time. And it's even better now. I'd say it's probably about 85% to 90%. It's still not 100%. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, if we're being honest. And people go, oh, that's an excuse. It's not an excuse. The guy just had major shoulder surgery less than six months ago. It's not 100%. But it's good enough that he's not going to put himself in jeopardy. Um, and if the programming comes out and it's, and it's you know, there's nothing there that, in my opinion, uh, you know, that it like, like, like a max snatch or something that, that he's got to go unbelievably heavy overhead. Uh, you know, even if it's moderate weight, it'll be fine. Uh, and, but I also think that he's frothing, like he's, he's, you know, chomping at the bit, you know, there's nobody who's going, I think, who feels more like they have something to prove right now than Ricky. Cause I think Ricky felt like he would have won the games. Uh, and, and I think that's, a, that's tough to live with because sometimes right. you only get one shot, you know, because the, the way the programming is and, you know, certain years, uh, you know, when you're in your peak. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, how it goes. Hopefully he'll travel well, historically, he's had some issues with traveling um you know as far as just getting sick and things like that so hopefully he'll travel well from 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 australia uh later in the week he travels uh on the 20th uh so in a couple days and um i'm very excited i'm very excited to because i think he's looking at this a little bit differently than than the rest of the field i think you know a lot of people from the games like we talked about before are looking at it like oh they'll go and they'll wave and they'll kiss babies and this and that oh, ricky wants to go and step on people's throats <laughs> it's different it's a very different situation yeah. like he's going there within his mind like okay i'm coming here to win you know i want to prove to these guys that i'm the best and you know, whether he does or whether he doesn't, you know, I mean, listen, there's some studs, you know, I mean, I think we saw obviously, you know, Jeff Adler's at a different level right now, you know, Roman is Roman, Pat's still Pat, you know, Brent is a stud, you know, there's so many, there's so many good Chandler, you know, historically a rogue has been unbelievably good, you know, Justin's not even there this year, you know, and there's still a stacked field, you yeah. know, um, so, so I think, you know, I think it's going to be a battle. Um, and I'm very curious to see, you know, I think that's one of the best storylines, obviously, on the men's side is how will Ricky do 
and uh, yeah. I just happen to be his coach. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. It's interesting as well um, because this is kind of a second comeback for him, right? And I think his first comeback at the Games last year, you know, there was yeah. a lot of negative connotations towards it from from an outsider's view, whereas this is a – he came back, proved himself, and this is a the, – it's the season happened, you know, the injury happened, and this is like his chance to to prove himself on a in a different light, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah. still the same goal. Yeah, I, I think obviously last year, you know, it was very controversial, you know, with him coming back. But I mean, listen, you know, he's all all you can do as an athlete, right? If you break the rules, you you pay the penalty. You know, he Absolutely. had to sit out four years, you know. Mm -hmm. Um you know, that's that that's those are the rules. Uh, he's passed every drug test since he's come back. He has publicly gone on and taking responsibility for his actions. And, and, and obviously, um, that's that's a lot more than a lot of other people who have broken the rules in the past have done. Uh, I personally, you know, just because I'm, I know Ricky, remember, I, I Ricky's the nicest dude in the world. And he's I, I mean, I love him to death. He's essentially part of our family now. He's. You know, anyone who's part of Underdogs gets to spend any time with Ricky Loves Ricky. He's just he's just a great guy, incredibly loyal, you know, unbelievably down to earth, very funny, uh, but, you know, and the hardest worker in the room, always. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think last year was just coming back and proving to people like, hey, I don't, I didn't need to take that stuff to be this good. And he was able to prove that. Uh, then winning Wadapalooza, I think people were like, holy shit, this guy might win the games. Then classic Ricky, where he does something that, you know, he, he, listen, you know, he, he's always been that guy, you know, uh, whether it's professional rugby league, whether it's, you know, being a, a, a you're racing mountain bikes or, you know, going off jumps and stuff. He lives a very extreme life. You know, that's just the way he is. He likes that stuff. And if you take that stuff away from them, from him, he's not who he is, you know, and unfortunately it bit him in the ass, you know, last year. Um, but you know, I think for him, he understands the window is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. You know, he's not 23 anymore. He's 29 now. He's got another couple of years in his prime. You know, I think obviously you look at somebody like Pat Belmer, who's 33 now, and you say to yourself, okay, cool. It's good to see that, you know, you can extend your prime into, into your 30s. And I think, you know, I think Ricky sees like, you know, I've got another couple of years at the top of my game and I better take advantage of it now. Uh, so yeah, this, I hope there's no more comebacks. <laughs> I can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope this is it. I hope he's back and back to stay. And that for the next three years, he'll be one of the dominant forces in the sport. Um, and I think he will be, I think he just happens to be that good, you know? Um, and, and, uh, I think he'll be in the mix at all of these big competitions and, you know, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. It's going to be exciting. Absolutely. And I think it's, the last two years of the men's competition and obviously we saw it this year with the women's because we had a, a new champ for the first time in a long time but with the men's competition yeah. the last few years has been so interesting is there any way like so this obviously rogues the the aim is to win I assume <laughs> um but is yeah. there a point of if there's any issues with his shoulder it's a okay rogues not worth it you need to be good for next season like is there any of them conversations that are being had have been had um should that happen obviously hopefully, hopefully it doesn't <laughs> but yeah i think that i think that was more that was the conversation going into the qualifier which was mm -hmm. essentially like you know listen these are a couple of movements we haven't really been able to to push on yet 
um, if you feel unsafe or you start to feel like, hey, this is not stable, shut it down. And, and, and you know, I'm not on site, obviously, you know, he's in Australia, but, but that was also the, the, what I told Benny, you know, who's with him, uh, his brother. Uh, honestly, um, I think he's pretty dang close to 100%. And I don't think any of, we're, we're really even thinking about any of those things now. I think he's, he's probably uh, 100% in most movements and probably around 85 to 90% when it comes to, you know, snatch or heavy overhead squats. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's limited with is simply just like top end strength. And that's going to still come back, but I don't think he's putting his shoulder in jeopardy. Um, so I, I think going down there that, you know, he'll, it, that would be the way it is with anyone. If you feel anything that's funky, you know, and that will go for any of the athletes, you've got to think about, I, you know, do I need to shut this down? Do I need to be smart thinking about, you know, the upcoming season? I, I don't think that's going to be any different for him than it will be for anyone else. And I think that that speaks volumes to, you know, how he's rehabbed and the, and the, um, you know, physios that he has in his corner that have, have really done an unbelievable job of getting him prepared, uh, you know, and he's worked unbelievably hard. And I know he's super excited to get out there and, and, and show people, you know, where he's at. I think it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be really fun. I know you've got a couple of athletes competing either side. Dare I ask your predictions on how they're going to do? Yeah, we, you know, it's hard to say prediction wise. I, I think uh, I, I think the way Ricky is looking at it is a little different than the rest of them. You know, Ricky, Ricky didn't get to compete at the games. And so I think, you know, for him, uh, you know, th- this this is one that he circled to to go down. And, and in his mind, you know, his thought is I'm going in and I'm, I'm winning. Like that's that's really the goal there. Um, you know, Alex, I think this is the first time she's qualified for Rogue. Uh, after the game, she's been dealing with some wrist issues. There's some, you know, we, we haven't been able to do some certain things in, in practice uh, that, I, that, you know, we will be able to do for the season. Uh, and I think for Alex, it's obviously go down and do the best that I can, but it's also go down and have some fun, yeah. you know, and, and be able to express, you know, my fitness the best that I can. Um, there might be an event or two, you know, where she's limited because of what she's been dealing with. She's a bone bruise in her wrist. There's, you know, there's some, um, there's some, you know, I, I think depending on the programming, I think it will depend for her. Um, so I think it's in the events that she can do really well, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. do, do really well. Uh, and then if there are a couple of events that, you know, she has to kind of take a backseat, we, we understand that. And I think, you know, emotionally we're prepared for that. Mm Um, you know, I'm curious to see, obviously, you know, Kyra qualifying was a math was, was huge, you know, qualifying for rogue is huge. And I know she's super excited to get down there and compete and do the best that she can. Uh, And, and I think, you know, for Bailey again, his first time qualifying for rogue and and just going to go down and have some fun. Um, But yeah, I, I think that, like I said, I think the expectations are a little bit different for Ricky just because he wasn't able to compete at the games. Um, and I also think that, you know, that there's, there's just the storylines are incredibly cool right now, you know, with, with, you know, Ricky and Roman and Jeff and, and Pat, you know, Brent, like, you know, that, that's, a, that's an incredibly, you know, stacked side and people are very curious to see how that unfolds. And then I think obviously, you know, that, that coming into Rogue, you know, 
everyone is really interested in in seeing Laura versus Tia. I mean, I I think without question, you know that that has created a a, a very um, exciting uh, storyline on the women's side. You know, uh, you know, and and um, I think Laura is you know the one athlete that that probably doesn't get shook by anybody and i don't think she really you know i think she probably saw that tia was coming back and it it, it just pumped her up more you know to prove that she's the best and obviously pre tia is the, the most dominant force in the history of the sport so you know and, and what she's doing and coming back <laughs> yeah, coming back and giving giving birth in less than what is it six months seven months yeah, May, still, yeah. even like, it's crazy i mean mm -hmm. it defies you know all, all logic so you know, I, I think we're all excited to see that. Um, you know, I, I would obviously put them at, at the forefront as far as the favorites are concerned, you know, those two. Uh, and, and then I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how everybody else does. I mean, Rogue is always interesting. It's very different. You yeah. know, there's a, there's a lot of funky events. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of generally movements or apparatus that people have not been able to get on, you know, in practice. And it's kind of how do you adapt to those things on the fly? Uh, so, so I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, but I think as a coach, the most important thing is going down there, doing your best and coming out of there healthy. <laughs> like yeah. That's what you want as a coach, you know, because of where it sits in the season, you don't want to have a setback. You want to make sure that you're able to, to get out of there and, and train the way you want to and the way you need to for the upcoming season. And that, that for me is, is the most important thing. Absolutely. Well, I'm for one, look, very much looking forward to to watching everyone but particularly the underdog guys um i'm gonna let you go very very soon because i know you've got to shoot off but i'm gonna throw some quick fire questions at you that we ask everyone you can answer them as a coach or as an athlete whichever you prefer uh your okay. favorite favorite lift my favorite lift oh my favorite lift personally is the deadlift <laughs> uh my favorite lift to watch uh as a coach uh would definitely be clean and jerk Nice. Uh, favorite overall movement? Ring muscle up. Nice. Uh, favorite benchmark wad? Mm, Amanda. Nice. No one said that yet. Uh, no. And if you were to create a dream team, whether you were a member of that or not, uh, to go to the games, who would you have on it? A dream team. Dream like, team. Like four athletes? Four athletes. Two men, two women. Old or new, whomever, you can be on it. You don't have to be on it. Oh, man. A dream team. Let's see. Uh, well, I have to go with underdogs, athletes. Uh, so, so if I had to go with my, my dream team of probably all time, um, that, would, that would be, uh, let's go with uh, Carrie Pierce. Uh, let's go with Alex. Um, let's go with Ricky, uh, man, the fourth one, that's a very challenging, um, that's a, that's an extremely challenging question. Uh, let's see, who can I put on for fourth? Uh, well, I'll go with an OG, uh, underdog. Well, he wasn't an underdog cause it wasn't even, um, created at the time but let, let's go with my my aussie son con porter i'll go with con amazing yeah. uh because i coach con forever and he's, is... he's like a, he's like our kid 
So we'll go with, we'll go with it. We'll go with the two Aussie boys and then we'll go with, uh, we'll go with Carrie and Alex. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, well, that is a dream team itself. Well, thank you so, so much for your time, Justin. Um, and yeah, looking forward to hearing all about Rogue and watching you guys go smash it. So yeah, thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.